Hello all and welcome back to another episode of TVNS, a conversation show about this TV series we just can't stop talking about. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And we are joined by Patrick and Nate, where each season we focus on a different show and this season we are talking about True Detective. We invite you to watch along with us. Today we are on episode 7 titled After You're Gone, or After You've Gone. If you haven't watched it yet, this is your spoiler alert. Please check it out before continuing to listen. Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for episode seven? Sure. Cole and Hart try to discover if a series of missing persons reports could be related to the Dora Lang murder and the Tuttle family. All right, straightforward to the point. Let's start off with our episode titles of choice. Pat, do you want to share yours first today? Did you come to say goodbye? Good choice, good choice. Nate, what about yours? Ready to tie it off. Yes. Okay, Sarah, what was yours? You have a debt. Mm-hmm. Mine was uh, the sprawl. Okay. Uh, let's start off with our thoughts about episode seven. Who wants to kick us off today? Well, I think we need to start this the same way we always start this. <laughs> It's tradition at this point. Oh, I hate tradition, guys. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Pat. Uh, it's fine. Uh, Watching know, this episode, though, I was like, this is not going to be the one. No. This, this is definitely not going to be the one. I had higher hopes for other ones. This is not, not in contention. I mean, for a long time, I believed that there wasn't going to be a one. Mm-hmm. But I had a, I had a hypothesis, or not a hypothesis, I had a thought upon c- completing the episode. Maybe it would have, there would have been a little spark. There's, there's case stuff all throughout. We got access to databases. We got storage lockers covered in oh, I see, clues. I see. Oh, the detecting? That's true. There was detecting. There's so Did much you enjoy the detecting. We got, we got big figures involved <laughs> in conspiracies. This is all the meat I feel like you've been waiting for. Yeah, it just uh I think for me it's coming too late. Like I'm I don't care at this point in time. I'm like just here we are. You can you can do your <laughs> detecting. That's great. But I did appreciate the detecting. I I especially appreciated that Marty seems to do some detecting, which was great to see. He ran some stuff through some databases. He looked through some files. I was like, okay, Marty is contributing here. This is this is a little new. So that was great to see. Uh, but yeah, it's we're we're working on on a case. I great, love it. Thanks for detecting. <laughs> if this happened earlier if this episode happened like episode three would have hooked you like the detecting itself is it the kind that you want i feel like you like more of the process let's really impact this and i feel like they are making progress but it's not mm-hmm. the like process movie yeah i love show. i love the process i love the puzzle and like figuring it out and and especially if it's a big web of a conspiracy like this is seeming to be, hold on. I want to spend time like 
working through the conspiracy. I don't want to just like, oh, there's a conspiracy in this one episode and then, oh, it's solved by the next episode. You know, like that to me, I want time unraveling all of those threads with the characters rather than just conspiracy exists. Now we do a couple of things and now we're done. You know, I I wish there was a little bit more time spent in that, but Again, that is not the point of the show. So, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Okay. So speaking of conspiracies, we all have been told that climate change is fake. So let's just say, however, a big earthquake was to happen in the northeast part of the country and a trench opened up and Nate fell in it. And then let's say a tornado touchdown in the great Pacific Northwest, boom, I'm gone. And let's just say Jen, for whatever reason, happened to lose her voice for six months. Would you watch the last episode or not, knowing that you had no recording <laughs> ahead of you? Wow, what a lead up. Wow, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Why are you wishing such terrible things on your friends and yourself right there, now? That was not a wish. That was a that was not a wish. That was a hypothetical. I mean, I received his favor, y'all. Like six months yeah, later, I'm true. talking again. I'm alive. You two, y'all at the bottom, of the middle of the earth. <laughs> yeah, Nate and I'll be down there with dinosaurs and magnetic minerals and shit, just having a great time. Yeah, that's what it's like down there, right? Uh, to answer your question, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, honestly. I I don't have a burning desire to watch the last episode, but I have invested seven hours of my life into this and there's only one hour left. Yeah. Uh I I'm I'm genuinely not sure what I would do, Pat. It could go either way. Huh. Okay. So given ah. the way the episode ended the reveal of the spaghetti monster wasn't enough of a lure to be like, all right, I want to see this through. Mm, No. (laughs) I I have no words. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I have heard your heart again. Failing right now. The sunk cost theory that she said last week, gone. Out the door. You know, it's all theoretical. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, we're going to come back next week and record the final episode so i'm watching yeah, yeah. it yeah <laughs> um jen what do you think i honestly think that this is um my theory is it's it's foundation laying for what i hope to be an explosive eighth episode this this episode feels in in nature to me and how i received it similar to episode two which mm-hmm. is that in and of itself it wasn't the most thrilling and I am hoping that that is all going to come to a head when we get to episode eight. And this needs to be the exposition for episode eight. So, Sarah, I was thinking about your uh, structural hypothesis that you laid out last time around the pairings of exposition and satisfaction of those. And I think that this one is so much exposition that I'm hoping that it's teeing up for something really exciting in episode eight. Um, I think that, like, this show seems to – I'm just curious what they will do in episode eight because it's been so character-driven for so long. And I think that this episode is the least character-driven about 
out of all seven of them that we've watched so far. Hmm. Um, and I think that uh, I'm just intrigued to see how that unfolds in the next one because I think that this this was all right. Like I had I I wasn't as like on the edge of my seat, intrigued, captivated the way they have been in all some of the other episodes. So interesting. Yeah. What about you two? Nate, how do you feel about episode seven? Yeah. I don't know. I'm surprised you say it's like the least character driven. I think that there's a lot of like, um, uh, I think like everything for like the first six episodes, like built this like pent up sort of like um, conflict between these two characters and everything. And then they have like this explosive falling out. And then like, this is the episode after 10 years that they get back together. And those have been very transformative 10 years for each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, like their lives are wildly different than when they like, separated um i thought it was great i I love that so uh, i I think it's kind of cool to just see them you know kind of just hang out for the first time in the whole fucking series (laughs) um like they're just kind of like you know just like shooting the shit for the first time um and actually like talking to each other um it seems like there's sort of like this tension that's been lifted from their relationship just by like no more office and family drama and all that stuff and um both being sort of like focused on the task at hand and everything um and i think they've both kind of like settled into their lives and it's interesting to see them play off of each other without those sort of externalities pressing on them because i do think they still sort of have that like wildly different perspective on the world and everything um and uh yeah I like how Marty just seems immune to like Russ musings um, and like assholishness at this point where it's just like, uh, like he even goes back to some stuff that he would do in earlier episodes where he's just like, I don't like this place. Nothing grows in the right direction. And Marty just ignores him. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I thought it was great. It was kind of like a retreading of a lot of like previous things just without the, without the tension and more just like Zen about it. And that's where I'm like, I want to see them pressed. You know, like, I think that their character moments are most interesting when they are under pressure or they are at their edges of themselves and they're so calm and so chill with each other that I'm like, hello? Like, I want I want more and I'm intrigued to see if some of those come to a head in the final episode or maybe the show takes a stance of they are now a team working together and it's focused on them getting the case done and so where they chose to take that i think will be fascinating i would love to see some of that tension again and then maybe a resolution and maybe not but i think the tension is like the most interesting part of their dynamic and the most like character revealing for both of them um so yeah pat what were your thoughts yeah i enjoy the the tension that we see between the two of them that flows throughout the season. But I did appreciate kind of to Nate's point, this is like, in a way, taking us back to the first couple episodes where they're feeling each other out. And to me, that's a very fun ride. You know, like (laughs) Marty's like, I haven't drank in three weeks and Rust is just throwing alcohol at him. Like, they go to the storage (laughs) unit, the first thing he does is open a red cooler and hand him a beer. At one point, there's a flask. We'll get to that. But, um, you know, and they're like, 
and Marty acknowledges it, right? Like, I don't think you've ever asked me a personal question. And they both kind of lie about where their lives are at, right? Like, Marty kind of gives this very vague, I guess, summary of what he's up to. And it looks very sad. Like, Marty's a shit human. We know this. But you still kind of feel for him. The man's sitting in the dark with a bottle of whiskey on Match.com. And then Rust, which I thought this was hilarious, is just like, yeah, more of the same. I don't think there's anything about him that is similar or the same as anyone else on the planet. But I did appreciate <laughs> that he comes out of his little shack with like a Santa Claus sized bag of empty beer bottles that are not from the bar. They are clearly from his house. So we know what he's doing. So he did, in fact, not lie to the two detectives fully, but I had a good time. I do think that the, there's the most tension between them in that opening conversation. And I do think it is the yes. like strongest strongest of the episode it's just so enjoyable (laughs) (laughs) i love the joy that just like lights up on nate's face and he gets a little moment like that i love that conversation it's one of my favorites in the series Uh, i i I mentioned off air last time that i i rolled right into it from episode six and i i I just rewatched it like a couple days later obviously it's just so good yeah, you got a you got a little ahead of yourself in the last discussion because you mentioned their conversation at the bar. For all we know, Marty was just going to kill Russ. That was the standing hypothesis mm-hmm. across the group. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems fun too because they are feeling each other out while simultaneously we are feeling each them out as well mm-hmm. because it's been so long. So we are part of that dance, little dance that they're doing in that scene, which is really fun. I like also the scene where they're at the bar that Rust works at and the owner's just sitting there quietly staring at Marty, like unapologetically, just right next to him in his face, just st- staring at him. I love the thing that he said to Maggie too when she comes to visit. She's like, He's like, get on out of here, class in the place up. Yeah. <laughs> such a good line. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I was going to say, interesting that the man who lacked the constitution for suicide saying the things that he's saying. It's definitely been some some change in these years that have clearly beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Ten years of liquid courage will change your constitution, I guess. Right. Yeah, I think there's a Nate a comment, Nate, that you said earlier in one of our previous episodes around like you can see the extreme perspectives that rust has and he's clearly continued down that path where it's it really is like all or nothing for him and he's wrapped up his whole identity in this case and there's a couple lines that he says that really really reveal that i i am intrigued though to see their dynamic i i just feel like this feeling of of like a lightweight camaraderie that they have surely can't last this long if it's being shown in episode seven you know what i mean like this this feels too soon to give us that and so i feel i think that i think it's going to take a turn and then maybe it'll go back but i just the fact that this is included in episode seven feels like it's foundation laying for what's going to come next you know there's no way this is going to last that long and i know you two are dancing on eggshells so yeah i can't I plead the fifth if needed. Exercise my fifth amendment yes. privilege. I'm just thinking about the, the 
one of the two of them sitting in Marty's PI office with all of its negative space. Yeah, with their feet up, just having some drinks, just yeah, living it up. It's it's too calm. It's too calm. I'm uncomfy. It's too calm. Something needs to happen. So all can be right in the world again. I don't know. I love it. It's like cathartic, you know? They're they're finally having as much fun as I've been having with them. (laughs) Sarah, do you have thoughts on their dynamic? Uh, Yeah, I I think I probably lean a little bit more towards your perspective, Jen. Like, this can only last for so long. Like, these two had a very contentious partnership for the first six episodes of this show uh there's got to be some tension in there somewhere that's gonna come to the surface but maybe not i don't know we'll we will find out next week we shall indeed we shall indeed um do we want to talk about some of the specifics uh i think big moment at the end there uh big progress forward for them in the case well not for them i guess but for us going through this doing the detecting uh we finally see the the spaghetti man mm-hmm. before we get to the spaghetti man oh yeah let's talk about marty going to visit maggie mm-hmm. and like yeah. sarah how did you feel about maggie 2.0 you know she's remarried <laughs> girls are good marty's clearly not in anyone's lives because he's asking so many questions about the girls he almost comes in I don't know if pensive is the right word, but like almost it's like he kind of in that whole interaction, yeah. he's he's like his tail between his legs type of thing. It was yeah. interesting. No, I, I love that Maggie is doing well and that the girls are doing well. Like that was my like hope. I was like, I just want them to be OK. She just cares about this family. OK, I do. <laughs> I really do, because, I mean, Marty is just a trash human being, and so I wanted the girls to be safe. I wanted Maggie to be happy. It is nice to see, though, that Marty has achieved a level of self-awareness and has put in some reflective time to understand the damage that he caused and is presumably trying to be a better person, uh, so so that was nice to see that little bit of humility from him because I feel like for most of this show, he's just kind of an arrogant asshole. So it was nice to see that he is willing to maybe put himself down a peg or two. Yeah, he seems sort of like at a sort of peace with the state of his life. It's not like, certainly not happy, but there's like a, a sense of like acceptance there. I mean, the man's eating... TV dinners on a TV tray, watching old westerns mm-hmm. by himself. I could see how living the dream fulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> how about when he does go with Russ to the storage unit, and the evidence that Rust has is like so horrific, like beyond it seems like what Marty would have expected based on how he responds. I mean, if someone came up to me and was like, Hey, I'm going to show you like a videotape, put on some gloves. I'd be like, I don't understand what. That scene is genius. The way it's shot and just all those little details. 
the whole lead up has built so much suspense. And fact- woven into the Maggie conversation. I yeah, took some I convincing. I also just really appreciate that Rust is good at breaking and entering. And he was able to do that. I was like, this tracks, you know, of course he would acquire some new skills so that he's able to break into these homes. That, that tracks for me. Rust is OP. I don't know. I don't know. He's just good at everything. I know. He's just like got just so many legs up on the Avengers, on James Bond, John Wick. Like the man is invincible. Yeah, he, he can do everything. The man is the king of interpersonal what? relationships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's true. His one weakness. He's not great at parties. <laughs> Okay, so we find out about the Spaghetti Man as well. Thoughts on that reveal and the way that is unfolded? Well, obviously we want to hear your and Sarah's thoughts first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sarah, what are your thoughts? Uh, like, oh, okay, cool. Like, it's that guy. We've seen him before. So what I had to do after the episode was over is I went and I found... The previous episode because I was like I didn't register that he was the dude with the scars how did I miss that and in the previous episode he had some facial hair and that was covering the scars so mm-hmm. they're not yeah. noticeable so I did appreciate that I was like oh wait I've seen that guy before but couldn't recognize it just because of his facial hair which when they were discovering about the spaghetti man and the fact that his scars were on the lower half of his face, I kept wondering, like, if you're a, a male and you have these very identifiable scars and you're going to commit a horrific crime, or I guess any crime, and you don't want to get caught, like, why not grow out some facial hair? So it, it was nice that that thought that I had was actually what he did previously. Glad to know you think like a murderer. This is really good to hey, know. I'm you. just trying to think these things through. Like, <laughs> let's let's cover all of our bases because if yeah. I can think like the criminal, I can catch him. Like, that's just what it is. It's it's part of the detective's job. She's detecting, y'all. She's detecting. Well, I'll leave <laughs> slides out of my response, but. Um, I don't know that he, you know, little girl slides that oh, yes. oh God. scenario that we keep finding our way back to, okay. not pointing fingers at why. Yeah, we we don't. But yeah, yeah, we <laughs> listen to that. Wow, forcing us back there. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that he necessarily did that because he didn't want to get caught. Because there's, I feel like there's this element of he's protected. Like he is woven into this power structure that is these mm. families that run everything. So he might just be like laissez faire, WTF, I don't care. But we don't know. It is a plausible theory, Sarah. So there's that. I also, so I will say one thing, and then Jen, I want to hear what, what you thought of it. The reason why I had brought up before we started the recording about watching the recap is because after the episode, I went back and watched the recap because I was going to be very, very, very mad if they showed the scene that he's introduced in earlier in the series. Yeah. That would have been a disservice to the fans. Yeah, I agree. But they did not, yeah. fortunately. 
Yeah, it's such a strategic choice for what they include in those because it really tips you off for like where the whole episode's going or the things that they're going to be looking into. Yeah, um, I, I was on the lookout for it in like the, the episode recap because I, I knew that they show them in this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer? I think, yeah, I think timing-wise it makes sense that they would drop that like right before the finale and then, you know, you're running in on this momentum into the finale and you'll see how it all plays out together. Uh, I just thought the cinematography was beautiful in that little scene because we too see the light from the sun um, really illuminate all of that and those details as he turns his face because, you know, part of me is like, how did they, how did these two detectives, I know they're like 10 feet away from each other, but like not, look a little harder and I was like Rust would have surely noticed that detail but when that when he turns and you see the the reveal with the sunlight it's like oh okay because he's backlit and so therefore a lot of that shadow and 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 detail on his face perhaps I didn't notice as, as much so I just thought the cinematography of the way that this few shots happen was really smart of them to do they and the show is just I mean they do all the mic drops at the end of the episode so it was in line with like a, no, I want to click the next mm-hmm. episode. I did, unrelated, because someone won't not mention it. Find myself more vigilantly paying attention to any scenes inside of cars. Yes. And I too. didn't find anything egregious. No, this episode was all good. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta go back and rewatch the beginning of episode four. Yeah, I won't. Or no, episode I'm, five. Yeah, that one. Still won't do that either. Yeah. At least not for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> we still don't know what happened to Ginger. <laughs> oh, Ginger's up doing all right. <laughs> I did have a thought during this that I wonder how much more you two will be able to just fully share all of your thoughts once we get to the next episode because again everything feels like we're laying foundation so when it's all coming to the surface then y'all can just have full reign so i'm excited for the next conversation yeah i can feel i like as we progress through the show i can feel y'all holding back a little bit more because you're like oh we can't say too much (laughs) it's tricky yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think at the beginning it was a little bit easier, but we're getting closer. I think for me it's been helpful to watch the episode very close to our recording because then that episode's details are very clear in my mind and not yeah. there's less time for it to become a blur in the greater season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. Any other thoughts about this episode before we give out some awards? It does appear that the two detectives who have been doing the interviews are actually trying to work a case, but doing a really piss poor job of it. Yeah. They do have a fun dynamic though. I did have a thought of like, this could be really, they don't, I know they don't end up doing this, but could be a really good like handoff into the next season. um, If they were to structure it that way, just so you kind of get a taste for their banter or their dynamic. And then, you know, you follow those characters again, but I, did see because I was looking up something I was looking up something with regards to the cast of the seventh episode and I did see they have released a trailer for season four 
which stars oh. Jodie Foster. I don't know. They were still making the show. How yeah. timely for us. I didn't know Jodie Foster was still yeah. like acting. I thought I thought she retired or something. Uh, we're just gonna stick to directing or something. Oh, I didn't tell you. My Daniel Day Lewis came out of retirement too. He's the co-star. Oh, good, good. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, well, she's in it. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis will play the Lamb in the Silence of the Lamb remake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, let's give out some awards. Best job. Sarah, kick us off. Uh, Mine is when Marty says to Rust, Father Time had his way with us all. Looks like you must have pissed him off. That was one of my alts. Nate, what was yours? What was your primary? Well, my favorite is, uh, I don't think I've been very clear with you, Rust. If you were drowning, I'd throw you a fucking barbell. (laughs) (laughs) That was my alt. (laughs) So good. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll continue the story, and I'll share my next. Um, this is kind of an anti-job, but I, it, I think it shows because of the growth between these two dudes. But um, I think Rust compliments for doing a good job of like finding the records, and Marty says to him, "High praise from a bartender." His way of building some camaraderie, but also just like going for it too. Mm-hmm. Pat, what was yours? This one isn't really a jab, but. The ones that you guys all said, I figured were going to be said, but I appreciate the moment that I'm about to speak to because I feel like it was so representative of how these two operate. When Rust first gets to Marty's little PI strip mall, you know, place, and he's bringing stuff in, amongst which the first few boxes is the cooler. Um, Rust goes. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> Apparently, Sarah looks for owls. I watch the cooler. Um, But uh, Russ says, there's not going to be a bunch of people coming in and out of this place, is there? And he just says it with such snark, and Marty's like, what do you think? It's just like, (laughs) not an insult. It's like an anti-insult. But like, like your business isn't thriving, but I'm going to ask this question anyway. And then it's just like, and, you know, the the undertone of Marty's response is, God, you're a prick. (laughs) <laughs> so. i love it all right best character clue go in reverse order pat what was oh, your choice what kind of crap is that um best character clue uh we kind of spoke to this but marty is incredibly out of touch with his family and it's interesting that you know wouldn't be surprised that he and maggie di- divorced like we knew that was coming we've known that since the beginning but the fact that that has led him to drift from his relationship as a father with his daughters, I didn't see coming. All right. I guess reverse order means I'm next. Um, my choice was um, Marty saying to Rust, um, off basically offering to work Jurassic. And there's a whole scene afterwards of them on the, on the golf course, but he says I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, He's used that in the past to, like, just get ahead at work and whatnot, but it's neat to see him learn how to wield that for his benefit and realize his strengths that he can use for better things. All right, Nate, what was your choice? Um, I thought the real reason that uh, Marty quit his job, um, I think it was 
I mean, we knew this a little bit, but it was it was just like a, a summation of like how like the horrors of the job really took a toll on him, um, and like like played a big part in like why he was unable to like come compartmentalize like mm. things and that destroyed his family and everything and he handled it all very poorly um and uh and yeah i think like part of his sort of like state of peace and zen is just like being removed from like those horrors um and you can kind of see like him like a pattern of him like losing composure especially anytime like children are harmed like there's the yeah the you know, he executes Ledoux, um, and he's, like, he's quitting his job, his visceral re- reaction to, like, the, the tape, and has, like, convinced him to re-enter into Also, the, uh, the farm, or whatever it was, not farm, but the, where all the girls, the working the girls ranch, were, yeah, like, his, ranch the ranch, his yeah. response there, even though, yeah. you know, he, well, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. And he loses his composure in the interrogation room with, I forget her name, but uh, mm-hmm. the one with the Munchausen's by proxies. Like, you know, you ever hear of a fucking condom and all that? It's just like, like anytime yeah. children are involved, it really like messes them up. So I thought that that was like a, a fitting reason why he would like step away and give up the career. Hmm. That's a good one. There it was yours. Uh, mine was Rust wanting to be like a painter or a historian or something and I thought that that just made so much sense with how philosophical he is and then his penchant for like research and and finding the truth of things like it just those things made sense to me for him it's like oh yeah all right before we wrap I was gonna bring that up because I have I made a note I love that line where Marty's like, I was going to play baseball and ride bulls. And then Russ goes through this whole thing and he's like, you do much paint? No. Nah. <laughs> like, yeah. this man's probably never picked up a paintbrush in his life. <laughs> it's also just such a Marty answer, too, you know? It's like he's watched the Barbie movie and, like, he, too, wants to be part of the Ken Toxic Masculinity Patriarchy yeah. campaign of that movie. <laughs> just all men and horses <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. i do like how much even after all this time there is an element of their dynamic that resurfaces that is interesting and we talked about it in the last episode because i think it's at the end where russ says can i buy you a beer and then he comes back and says actually why don't you buy me a beer mm-hmm. when they go to see the woman who is the the housekeeper or whatever it was and she's mm-hmm. talking about carcosa and they step outside and her niece or whatever holds her hand out russ doesn't say anything he just looks at marty and motions with his eyes like give her the money like mm-hmm. nothing's changed it's marty handle like the bitch work come on go do like but he also gives her like eight dollars yes. <laughs> i don't know yes. if you noticed but they're all ones <laughs> it's like what is that it's like why and i think it's in the confession with the munchausen woman where rust also gets marty to do something just by giving him like a look which is to leave um so it's just funny that after all this time with all this male ego that's afloat that one little thread is still there where rust can just kind of call some shots and get marty to act as though Mm -hmm. he's on puppet strings Mm -hmm. i also thought it was interesting i don't really know what to make of it 
Um, I didn't bring it up until now because I wasn't sure if it was going to be a character revealing clue. But um, how Rust like clearly holds like a grudge against Maggie. Like there's no, uh, I don't know. There's just <laughs> I feel like time hasn't really healed that yes. wound. He's just very much like. <laughs> You know, she's like, good to see you. And first word is bullshit. <laughs> like, no softening, no yeah. no warmth there at all. Yeah. I thought that was interesting from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Know. That's a really good character clue. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, Sarah, it was you who said that with what ended up happening between them, Maggie and Rust, it was like a compromise of his integrity, mm-hmm. which is like a big deal for him. And so maybe because of it being exactly that, he has not been able to move on or let it go. That's fair. All right. Any other last thoughts before we wrap? I just want to say thank you to Sarah for being willing to stomach one more episode. Happy to do it. Thank you for sitting through my bad takes about this beloved show. <laughs> I won't say happy to do it, but you're welcome. Good thing you two won't be in the center of the earth so that we can actually experience this eighth episode with her. Why would you jinx it? There's seven (laughs) days. (laughs) Four days. (laughs) Oh, man. You know that if Nate and I ended up in the center of the earth, we would just be talking about, so what do you really think it was that made Sarah not click with the show? All right, well, this is our review and discussion of episode seven. You can find it available on Max. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of TV and Us. Our name sums it up. We're big fans of TV and the way, the powerful ways we can connect with each other and the world around us. This podcast is about all of us and our shared stories. So we're so glad you hung out with us today as we continued our journey through True Detective season one. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review, letting us know your thoughts about episode seven. You can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at TVNSPod or email us at TVNSPod at gmail.com. We will be back next week for our discussion about the finale a full free, free reign to talk about everything and anything with you all as well. All right. I know, me too. We hope you have an amazing week and we'll 